am still curious. What is the role of our next guest in the ongoing Michael Massey, Trey Lyle versus Brian Nolan front stretch feud? Front stretch feud is a feud. feud is a um is a unique way to put it. I mean, I, I need the alliteration, so that's why we're going there. I gotcha. I was just gonna say is. Well, Brian Nolan is the reason I have to take an extra hour to edit podcasts, so that's that might be the origin story of it. Well, that seems to be a problem, if that's in fact the case. Uh, you know, I'm concerned about that. Now, is he a moderator? Is he a witness? Is he a he's actually Brian's or a supporter? Pile he's or the owner. He's sport. He's actually Brian's biggest supporter. Okay. Well, what does that exactly mean? Dalton Hopkins from FrontStretch.com with us in the fast lane. Dalton, are you Brian Nolan's biggest supporter? Do you defend him out of pity? What? What? How do you explain this? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let's not put labels on folks calling me something like a Brian Nolan supporter. All right, we're we're going we're going a little bit too far with that one. Okay. No, I, I, I think uh, I think I'm the one who has to kind of like just tolerate, uh, you know, everyone just absolutely crapping on Brian and then Brian's giving it back to them. And then I have to deal with them on a podcast every once in a while. So, um, yeah, I'm more of like the guy who tolerates and I guess a mediator would be a good way to put it. I'm just the one who has to put up with everything. And, you know, uh, I think both sides have got some pretty decent, got some pretty decent arguments, but uh yeah, I don't know. There's no way to fix it. You don't fix a guy like Brian Nolan. I mean, that's that's as strong as it gets. And then I have to deal with Trey regularly. I can only imagine what it's like for you dealing with Michael Massey, Brian Nolan, and Trey Lyle I'm all a saint. and all at once. I am a saint. Oh my gosh, those, those okay. thunders! Okay, all right. Let's this this is just this is getting too much. Now we're just lying at this point. Dalton, Give let me, me just polygraph. go ahead. Dalton, let me just go ahead and say we thank you for your time. We've enjoyed the friendship. I'm preparing because there's been thunderstorms in the area and lightning may well descend upon the studio at any moment. So we want to get that out of the way. By the way, God, I love you, Jesus. You're my savior. So if I get struck by this lightning that's coming Trey's way, I want to get on the HOV lane up to heaven, not uh, down in the other direction. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, um, we can get back to the business at hand with Dalton Hopkins. NASCAR, two weeks in a row, they have had races impacted by rain. Is it a bad thing or is it maybe a blessing in disguise that you had the Chicago race impacted by rain, but it shortened it and increased the urgency and then it felt like because drivers knew that weather could be a factor and they may be racing to some to-be-determined point after halfway, that there was an urgency throughout the race weekend at Atlanta and therefore gave NASCAR an opportunity to potentially build on that with new fans. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I don't know if that's the term to use for that, but it's kind of a double-edged sword, I think. Uh, You know, on one hand, yeah, you're right. You know, every time there's, like, rain in the area, you know, it's going to impact or shorten up the race in some way or some form, whether it be darkness or just because the weather is going to, you know, soak the track. It's going to make the driver's drive more urgent for sure. It's going to, you know, pick up the speed. It's everyone's going to want to play for position a lot more, and the race is going to be more fun to watch. At the same time, uh, watching a race end either under darkness or end either uh, end either under darkness or end uh, from weather, like we saw in Atlanta, um, it's kind of a buzz kill. Uh, I think the best part of these races, I think most people would agree with me, is not what happens on lap 30; it's what happens on lap 200, or I guess in the case of what, what would have been the case in Atlanta was lap 260. And that's the last lap. That's, that's the best part is the finish. So I don't think it's fun to watch, you know, somebody get up front, take the lead, and then you just kind of like, oh, hey, that's it, that's over, it's over now. 
Uh, everyone stop. There's no race to the line. There's no there's no side by side photo finish or anything like that. It's just hey, this guy was out in front and he got the win. So again, it's a double edged sword. It's not like anybody can control it. It's that it's an act of God, right? So hey, let's not piss off that guy anymore, um, Trey. But. Uh, I think there's two sides to that argument. You know, I get it because I understand the traditionalists, uh, but from NASCAR's perspective, what could they have done differently in Atlanta outside of not scheduling a race in the South at all? Because you schedule it in the South in the summer and it's going to be 900 degrees outside and it kind of was, or at least that's what it sounded like in Atlanta. You were there, you could tell us whether it was in fact. So you can't run it during the day, which means you've got nighttime and therefore you're already in a more condensed window anyway to get it in at night. And if you have storms coming and rain and it seemed to be raining pretty heavily well after the race wrapped up, by default, there's not much you could do other than just rejuggling the entire schedule, which maybe isn't the worst idea in the world. See, Did it happen? Did it happen? I was going to say, you make fun of the producer. You, you, bad things happen to you. It is. Yeah, I could, I could get, yeah, I could get bleeped out, uh, just in the file somewhere. But, um, yeah, you know, for the time that I do have before Trace smites me, um, I will say that, you know, yeah, it sounds like a good, like a good idea in paper. It's like, oh yeah, let's just not race in the south during, you know, what is the rainy season in the summer and. For the longest time, that was my argument uh, for the July race. That was my argument for the July race at Daytona. Um, me being here was always frustrating to see. Me living here was always frustrating to see the race get rained out or having to postpone to a different day or something like that or having to stay up till 3 a.m. to watch the freaking thing. So that was just frustrating. But then I realized, hey, this is Florida. It always rains down here. And it's not like, uh, you know, it always rains down here. There's really nothing we can do about that. And not to mention, it's kind of hot, like, everywhere here in the South. Like, Atlanta was sweltering. It's sweltering here in Florida right now. So I don't think there's really any way around it. I think the best thing that NASCAR could have done was maybe start it earlier. I know that would probably take away from the night race factor, which was really cool. But at the same time, you don't want the race to end the way it did. So there's that, or there's also just wait till the rain leaves. And again, that would go into making us stay up until 2 a.m. to watch the end of an Atlanta race, which would kill ratings. So NASCAR's in a bidding war to, uh, or NASCAR's in, heavily involved in a bidding war for, for broadcast networks to uh, to re-up or, or get involved in broadcasting the broadcasting rights for NASCAR races. And ratings are going to be a big part of that factor. They want to look good. So I think when it comes to rain, uh, they want to get the race done as quickly as possible and not have rain be such a huge factor in delaying it. Indeed. And that's part of what transpires with NASCAR's decision-making. And ultimately, TV drives everything because TV networks and executives are willing to fork over, in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers, the Trey. Cue the soundbite up, or is it already ready? It's on. You can do dollar, it. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. I mean, it's just ingrained in my DNA. By Playing the way, more the on that. Yeah, exactly. By the way, more on that in a moment, because Trey and I have some little quirks ingrained in our DNA, and we'll get to that looking ahead to New Hampshire in a moment. But there are two developments that have popped up. One is the NASCAR schedule in lieu of the Chicago race, looking at going outside the U.S. And NASCAR has mentioned that, you know, it doesn't look like they'll be able to get the logistics ready for 
places like the Middle East or Europe or even Brazil or Mexico in the near future. But they happen to have a circuit in Montreal, and that's been discussed as a potential option on the horizon for NASCAR. Between that and the possibility of maybe North Wilkesboro getting a points-paying race and Speedway Motorsports adjusting their schedule lineup, taking a date away from Bristol, what out of that grouping has your attention, or does it all? Yeah, I mean, all of us, but I think my biggest piece, the biggest attention out of that is definitely Montreal, for sure. I mean, the fact that, of the Cup Series going international racing, it's the, it's the next project. It, that's the next big fish that NASCAR wants to catch. And, you know, this year's, I guess it would probably be the street race. Before that, it was, you know, uh, probably North Wilkesboro, I would imagine. And then before that, it was, I don't know, maybe racing in the rain, dirt racing before that, changing up the schedule, more road course. Like, we're seeing a lot of changes that NASCAR's been making the last few years. And now, excuse me, now the biggest, <laughs> their next big project is international racing. So in order for that to be as successful as the Chicago street race was, which, of course, it was, uh, it, it was successful and not a flop like some other folks have been saying on Twitter, um, in order for that to happen, they need a damn good car to race there with. And, and that, that's the same for North Wilkesboro. That's going to be a points-paying race. You cannot have the race that we saw at the All-Star race this year. You cannot have that same product for a points race next year because then, you know, in a couple years, like this year was great for North Wilkesboro, but in a couple years, you know, that, that luster, that, that novelty of going back to that racetrack, it's going to wear off. So you cannot, you cannot have the same product, the same uh, rules package, the, the car that you have right now at both road courses and short tracks. That's got to change and hopefully change this with this test that they got new, at New Hampshire uh, coming up this, month, this Monday. Dalton, transitioning from that part to where NASCAR is as well um, this coming weekend at New Hampshire. Here's the question that we're going to debut with you today in the fast lane, and you can chime in with more thoughts at pitlanelt and frontstretch.com and give us all the credit. Dalton, I want to preface that he didn't run this by me. I have no idea what he's about to say, so you can't get upset with me. Trey and I, Ed, I cannot tell you where babies come from on live air. That's going to have to be a different conversation. Okay, okay. Well, look, I, I do appreciate that. Thankfully, we're not quite <laughs> at that point where I have to have the conversation with my kids about that. But inevitably, <laughs> those days are uh, are in the future. In the meantime, Trey has got this thing for Sam Mayer to win the Xfinity Series race. I have this thing for Ty Gibbs to win the Cup Series race. Which one of those outcomes is more likely to happen this coming weekend, which just so happens to be at New Hampshire? Both of them seem kind of unlikely. Um, <laughs> oh, you're yeah. gassing us. That's a, man, that's some good picks. You know, honestly, I think, uh, you, you know, decent picks like for underdogs, I guess, for guys that I don't really know. If, I don't really see, I, I don't know, I don't really know if I see anything out of Sam Mayer that excites me to, to think that he's going to have a win. Uh, this year, so or have a win at, at New Hampshire. I think the more likely, I gotta, I gotta get this one to Trey. Trey deserves the credit here. He was the one that picked Ty Gibbs, right? He's, uh, no, no Ed that's me. That's me. Ed picked oh, Ty Gibbs. Ed. Oh, Trey, get. Oh no, Dalton. Yeah, no, I'm putting Trey in the brig. Go to the dungeon immediately. Well, yeah. sim- similar to a Ty, Ty Gibbs. Gibbs punch, I just got punched in the face by my own co-host. You know, jeez, oh, I I thought that was Trey's pick. I feel so bad now, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's more likely that Ty Gibbs uh, pulls out a win. I don't know if he actually will, but more likely than Sam Mayer getting a win. Uh, you know, I I see a lot of potential out of Ty this year. 
Uh, I think he's slowly getting better and better and better. He's putting up better results week after week. He's been getting top tens. He's getting better. There is growth for that 54 team. You know the best part about this question is that Trey and I obviously are not going to back off our ticks until this actually happens. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun here uh, and ask it every single week because it's a different track, which means until it happens, we get to have some fun at the expense of, uh, well, both of us realistically in the fast lane. Dalton, thank you for being part of our fun today and not making fun of us the way that Trey does to his poor colleague, Brian Nolan, and yours as well at frontstretch.com. I know Brian is out there listening right now, and I want you to know, Brian, that we all love you, but do better, okay? All right, buddy. All right, but Trey, uh, thanks for having me on, as always. It is our Dal- pleasure. Dalton you know, phrased it a lot better. We just want Brian to be better, you know? He, he, he's our travel manager, okay? And he gave me just the, the crappiest hotel at Atlanta. I don't have enough time to talk about it. We're gonna, No, we need to do another segment on that, because I've had some of he, those experiences. Yeah, he was so, going to have to fly this man, like, at 5 a.m., and he had to drive an hour to the airport. I am stoked. I am stoked to hear some of these hotel stories because I've got one for another time as well. Dalton, thank you for yours today in the fast lane. Much appreciated. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Trey, as always. And thank you to Brian, whoever you are out there. Yes, in audio land listening. <laughs> That's how you're reacting to this. That's how we're going to end this segment. Chuck Culpepper, WashingtonPost.com, comes back next in the fast lane. Little college football, little Wimbledon, and a little Women's World Cup. We're going to blend it all together to wrap up the show on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.